0: welcome to top brew the show that is best served fresh i am joe darnell and joining me is the living and breathing mr eric rauch how are you doing
1: i'm living and breathing i'm here
0: yeah you're breathing a lot better than i am right now i can hardly hear myself got a bug an early seasonal bug oh well i can hear you well, better than I can hear myself. And actually it's it's quite a relief for recording the show. I put on the headphones and you know therefore I can get some feedback while controlling the show and preparing for editing later. And I can hear myself, Eric. This is great. Yeah, it's a confirmation that my ears do work. I might be talking louder, I don't know. I don't Am think I talking so. louder? Doesn't nope. seem like no, it doesn't seem to be that way. Hmm, I wonder how my audio is going to be different in post production. So anyway, enough about post-production. This isn't about the Joe's ears. This isn't my other technology podcast. Um, Actually, we're going to be talking about debunking a coffee myth. This is something I thought that um, it it was high time to address. Coffee acidity and bitterness. You wrote an article at Thrasher Coffee about the bitterness in coffee, and it has lent itself to good conversation, my sir. I think so. I think it does. So starting with, though, another unrelated coffee myth that I wanted to get to real quick in passing, a a bit of news I found this past week on the New York Times. This is an article called, uh, No, You Don't Have to Drink Eight Glasses of Water a Day. It's written by Aaron E. Carroll, and he's from the new healthcare program. I don't know what exactly that means, but he's a pediatrician. And, you know, the general school of thought has been for a very long time, Eric, that if you wanted to have... The a a healthy, hydrated body. You needed to drink about eight glasses of water a day, as a normal uh, human being, adult in America, in the rest of the world.
1: Now, a glass being what eight
0: ounces? Who cares?
1: So, eight glasses,
0: dude. That's what the health professionals say.
1: Yeah, but that has to be defined in some way. Are they talking about half a gallon of of
0: of of liquid a day, or or? Yeah. The the people said that you need actually 2.5 liters of water a day. And it it comes out that if you're using a standard glass,
1: that's essentially a half gallon, maybe a little bit more than a half gallon. And
0: so the the deal is, is that um, that's actually not altogether true because not according to this one man's research. Mm -hmm. And he's not the only one. There's lots of journals, uh, scientific research, where there's a school of thought that, no, you don't actually need that much water to stay hydrated. But there are so many people out there that keep saying, "Well, you need eight, uh, eight glasses of water a day." We just know, we just know it's so
1: right at that. So and so said it, and, they keep, and he heard it from so and so. Yeah, they keep. So it's
0: authoritative. They keep the myth going. They keep the myth alive. Right.
1: And it sounds good. It sounds like something that you're always told as a kid: drink more water. You're going outside. You're gonna, you're gonna sweat. Drink more water. So it, it just sounds like like something that well, well, yeah, water's good for you. It should be something that I do. I should do a hundred push-ups a day too, right? <laughs> so, I, I mean, it just, it just sounds like, like something that, that nobody questions because it, it sounds like a healthy thing to do.
0: Yeah. No one would ever say like, that that's ridiculous. Drinking no water a day. Yeah. That's is better. Healthy for you. That's much better. I mean, yeah, exactly. So it, it just sounds very right. reasonable. Right. And it even sounds like something that nobody wants to do. So it must be good for you. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Who wants to drink that much water a yeah. day? Yeah. Well, I do. I'm I'm all in favor of drinking. I just don't want to drink that much. I know a lot of people just don't especially care for water. If they'll drink anything else they can get their hands on, and it's just because they're not especially interested in water, right? And and for those people, good news for you too, that other beverages, they do hydrate you people. That is what Aaron was saying in his article for the New York Times here. Water is present in fruits and vegetables, so you actually get the water benefits out of the food you eat. It's in juice, it's in beer, and yes, you get hydrated from drinking some of the beer. I mean, like it, it's it, water.
1: water is in everything that we drink and in everything that we eat, yeah you know, unless it's unless it's completely processed like like wheat thins or crackers or, or but and, and there's probably a trace amount of water in even those kind of things.
0: you once pointed out. Yeah, water's the secret ingredients in coffee. It's about eight, 98% right. of what you get in a cup of coffee.
1: Yeah, think about that. You've got a cup of coffee that, that's, that doesn't look anything like water, you know, other than the fact that, that they're both liquid. Coffee is black, but the coffee is only 2% of that, of that cup. That's, the, that's mm. pretty astounding that it has that big of an effect with such a little amount.
0: I oh, know. I mean, like, you're not going to get any flavor from it. So all the flavor is coming from the coffee, which is extraordinary because right. you, you got a lot going on it, with very little that that was, uh, you know, brewed out of the beans.
1: Right. And, that, and and that's also why it's so it's so critical that you use good water. Hmm. You, you, you start with bad water. You're going to you're going to finish with bad coffee
0: because it will have its own flavors. It's introduced oh, to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's the point though. Here in the article from Aaron, it says water is in juice. It's in beer. It's even in tea and coffee. Now, before anyone writes to me and tells me that coffee is going to dehydrate you, research shows that's not true either.
1: That's interesting.
0: And so there's a couple of links I'll put into the show notes. If you're interested in following this up from these uh, scientific journals that, uh, yeah, you can, uh, rest assured that if you drink some coffee that counts as some of your water intake. With that in mind, I think that a lot of the things that people hear is not altogether true, Eric. And it's just because, you know, they're they're kind of like old wives tales, but they're not old wives tales. Or or they're not like the, what what was it when, you know, like superstition? when In the old days, people would say, you know. um,
1: Black
0: cat, cross your path or walk under a ladder. Yeah. Or like the nutritional chart. They're always updating the food pyramid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They're always updating the food pyramid. It's always a moving target.
0: Yeah. Every other week or so someone introduces new research that points right. out that you know not everybody is the same and so some people need different kind of tr- nutritional needs.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's and and just if if you don't like the nutritional information this week, just wait till next week. But the <laughs> but the problem with that is 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 everybody starts basing their their diet and their eating habits and and you know all these different things in order to be healthy on that most current set of 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 research. Oh yeah. And then, you know, next year or, or next month when things change, then like, well, oh wait a minute. That that just shows that our that, that, that diet X that was that was the, the that was this big fad really probably wasn't that healthy for us after all. It, do, it really doesn't show that. It just it it just shows that science is moving and it has different focuses, foci, foci, <laughs> um, on when when it's doing its 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 research. It's not necessarily Doing its its research based on the health of the individual. It's just doing research based on what happens in in the human body when when this gets added or when this gets added when this gets added. Not necessarily saying anything about health or non-health. Just about like what happens at at the molecular level. What happens here when yeah. when these two chemicals get mixed together.
0: I probably don't need as much water as an Olympian athlete. You know, who's right. in training. It's right. Just, right. It, we have different nutritional needs. Yeah, so. I
1: I I drink probably close to a gallon of water a day. Mm. Um, it's just a habit that I've developed yeah, me too. but one of the drawbacks of that is that I'm constantly looking for a bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, my body can only hold a certain amount of water. As soon as I empty my bladder, I come back and I continue filling it up. Cause I have this, I have this, you know, one liter Camelback bottle that I just, I fill up probably about four times a day. Mm. Um, maybe, maybe sometimes more than that, but it's, it's just a habit I've developed. So that's I, not a bad habit. I, if I think about my, my health before I've been doing this for years but I don't know that I'm suddenly a healthier person because I'm doing it. Oh, I'm definitely a bathroom veteran. You know, I can, I can say that's a, <laughs> that, that's an outcome of my water habit, but I just, there's not a whole lot of variety in my, in my beverage selection. So during the day, I, if I'm not drinking coffee, I'm pretty much going to be drinking water just because I don't, I don't drink soda. I don't really drink juices or any of that other stuff. And that's, mm. that's just, that's just what I drink. Then, the you day. know,
0: I don't drink very much else either. I'll have some hot teas every now and then. And carbonated water, because I, li- I like fizzy water in the evening, or just to shake it up and, and maintain mm-hmm. a little bit of variety. But that's, that's it. Coffee, a couple of times a day, and then uh, several glasses of water. Yeah. Even when I'm sitting at the desk, you know, as tall as I am, it actually, I probably need more water than you do. I am I'm about, what, a foot taller than you or so? Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I need more water than you do, whatever that is. Oh, wait, whatever I'm not a that short. Is. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, like eight inches I movie. have more water in my body. So I, I, need, I need more water to be replenished.
1: That's not true.
0: Really? I don't think so. Mass wise? No. Really?
1: I don't think so. I, I Why mean, not? I mean, that, well, that would mean, well, because it doesn't. Oh, what angle are you thinking about? I mean, I, like, I have
0: longer legs. I carry my weight differently than you. I have different proportions. I, I don't I have think to think about a,
1: that. We'll put a pin in that. Dink. Sure. And, sure. And, we'll, and we'll talk about that later. Because I'm just, I'm not so sure that, oh, that, well, I don't know. Maybe it's true. I don't know.
0: I'm just thinking about the size of mass. You're gonna need more water to see hydrated the larger you are, whether you're taller or you're just rounder, so.
1: Hmm, okay. I'm operating on information I heard when I was a kid that the human body holds about five pints of blood. Now that's probably just an average. I've internalized that as everybody has five pints of blood. So you and I have the same amount of blood. So you no, know, it's stupid to, for you to say that you have more water in your body than me. But now that I think about it, a bigger pitcher obviously holds more water. So I don't know. I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to think more about that.
0: Well, we, and we're going to have to wait for the next scientific journal research to yeah. come out talking about. And this has absolutely
1: nothing to do with coffee. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is a total rabbit trail.
0: Yeah. So speaking of coffee, the, the myth that we want to debunk Concerning coffee relates to acidity and bitterness. You wrote this article, Eric, for the Thrasher website, and it was a pretty good one, so I wanted to talk more about it. First of all, is acidity and is bitterness considered two, two forms of flavor that come out of any kind of roasted coffee? Are they considered the two most commonly recognized traits of flavor?
1: Typically, they're, the more acidic a coffee is, the less bitter it is but the more bitter it is, the less acidic it's going to be. Um,
0: I've noticed several coffees where it seems like in the mouthfeel, when you're taking your swallow, that you, you're you hit by a wave of the acidity mm-hmm. and it finishes bitter. Or uh, there's sort of a balance between the two and you don't get that first and second wave effect. That's a possibility because- Depending th- on this, the coffee.
1: Yeah, well, this well, the, well, the coffee you made for me this this morning, which is our Thrasher dark roast called Prospect, you made it through the AeroPress. And I, I typically have this either as a pour over or through a French press and it has more bitterness to it than acidity when I, when I make it that way. When you made it this way through the AeroPress, I'm getting more of the acidity than I ever have before. So mm-hmm. this is one of those, those coffees where you do get, at least made through the AeroPress, where you do get the acidity on the, on the nose and on the front part of your tongue, and then as it finishes, you do, you do get a little bit of that bitterness. One of the important things to, to talk about, though, before we even talk about bitterness or acidity, is to define those terms. Acidity in coffee is is the fruit the fruit flavor like the um you know when you bite into an orange and and you're tasting the what was that the the ascorbic acid in in, in an orange or that 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 acid that's 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 in a citrus fruit it's not as as um dramatic as a lemon or a lime in that 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 pucker effect Uh, because a lot of people say that's bitterness that's that's not that's not technically bitterness that's how we sometimes come to define how a lemon tastes a lemon tastes bitter a lemon doesn't taste bitter a lemon tastes acidic hmm. it can it can cause the same effect on somebody's face to and to, some
0: people would call that citrusy just because they they that's, notice that's this a better taste in the, in the lemons and in the oranges yeah know. they're um and grapefruit you know but maybe if you have more grapefruit in your diet you think that that's bitterness because grapefruit just tends to seem bitter
1: yeah um now, within within that acidity, there are there are different flavor components. Not all acidity tastes the same, but it's not bitterness. When we talk about bitterness, it's a different it's a different flavor than acidity. That's that's why I typically see them as uh, opposite ends of of the taste spectrum. Because coffee should be acidic by its very nature, because it is a fruit. It's a seed from a fruit.
0: Well, you would not expect those flavors to come from a real genuine bean.
1: Right in within within the specialty coffee industry it's kind of become trendy to use the word bright which i i think is a better term than acidic because acidic just doesn't sound good why would i want to have something acidic in my mouth because you know acid eats through metal acid is is you know acid can do a, lo- a lot of things that we view as being bad so why would i want to put something acidic in my mouth well you do it's just it's just part of our diet as humans it's just it's understanding what that acidity in food is and how to describe it, and not describe it as bitterness. It's the fruit juice flavor. It's the the sharp <laughs> brightness, I guess, because it, it 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 is bright because it's it 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 gets your attention immediately.
0: It, well, it's something that you could expect from an orange or a tangerine, and and I don't think of anything about citrus fruits as being bitter except for grapefruit, mm-hmm. just the way it, as part of its normal flavor profile. Right. Um. So with the coffee beans, with those coffee seeds, actually, I can see why these are actually not, uh, related flavors. You know, you could have a cup of coffee where, um, a lot of people associate the acidity with lighter roasts and bitterness with the darker roasts. Mm -hmm. And you can have the, those medium roasted coffees where you don't notice anything bitter about it at all. Right. And for that reason, it, it, without masking the acidity you'll notice a lot of that brightness that fruity flavor that citrus profile about your coffee with a medium roast
1: right because at that with that roast you're tasting more of the coffee bean than you are of the roast whereas with a darker roast you're tasting more of the roast and less of the bean so you've you've taken that acidity that's naturally in in the coffee bean to some degree or another i have a Rwandan coffee at the roastery right now. That's very acidic. It's, it's high on the, on the acidity scale. Even, even when you dark roast it, it, that acidity is still there. So it's, it's got a high degree of acidity naturally. Some coffee beans are less known for their acidity, but it's still there. But if you take those beans where it's, where it's maybe mildly prevalent or, or, or maybe not as, not as noticeable as, as it would be in say the, the Rwanda bean that I was talking about, if you take that up to a higher roast, you're going to notice way less acidity. In fact, if you, if you dark roast it, probably to the point where you can't even taste acidity anymore, all you are tasting is the roast and you're going to ta- taste the the uh, the smoky, the charcoal kind of flavor, the bitterness. That's, well, because that's you're, you're deadening some
0: of the original flavor and you're increasing the flavors brought on by the smoke, the heat, and just the ultimate charring effect of the beans.
1: You're actually burning them out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you're toast. not, you're not, you're not, in, you're not increasing them. You're muting them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas at a, at a lighter roasted coffee, you're enhancing them. So there's a fine balance between, um, between a medium roasted coffee. And then like even, even between a medium and a medium dark or a, a dark roasted coffee, because there's, you have a, it's what it with It's what roasters call the development, the development stage of, of, of roasting. Cause you're taking from first crack to second crack. There's a lot of critical things that, that, that happen. And d- depending on where, where you decide to drop to, drop the bean and, and, and start cooling it, essentially ending the roasting cycle right at that point, you're going to taste either more of the roast or more of the bean and you get it to varying degrees wherever you decide to cool
0: it. i have a question for you in a second pertaining to specialty coffee versus the mass produced coffee. But first I want to say our thanks to Thrasher Coffee for supporting the Top Brew Podcast and the website. Thrasher is a small-batch roaster of high-quality, responsibly-sourced coffee. They don't roast until you order, so you can be assured that the beans that you brew are as fresh as they can get without roasting them yourself. The only way to ensure you're brewing the freshest coffee around is with a routine coffee delivery subscription. You can purchase Thrasher coffee by the pound, ordered by order, or get their extraordinarily fresh beans automatically delivered to your door with a fresh roast subscription. And because Thrasher is generous and Top Brew listeners are the best, you'll get 10% off of your purchase with the coupon code Brew at checkout. My thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supporting the podcast and our website. So the question here I have for you is, do specialty coffees tend to enhance the fruity flavors and the rest of the original coffee bean profile? Or is that really subjective across all coffees, do you think? i think that in general specialty craft coffee roasters are much more careful and deliberate about their choices selecting the degree of the roast so if they feel that they get the best flavors with a dark roast out of this particular variety or this origin i mean then they'll roast it dark but if they're convinced otherwise they're not going to make it as dark so the end result is that I think what they're going for is a different idea of what balanced flavor is
1: yeah it's it again, we talked about this, I don't know, maybe you can put this in the show notes, but we talked about this and we talked about Starbucks, and I think a lot of the, the 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 specialty coffee industry is in is in reaction to the dark roasts that Starbucks has offered for so many years so, so they're deliberately lighter roasting their coffee in effect by doing that they are in enhancing the acidity. Of the coffee because they're they're dropping the beans so much earlier they don't want to put their their own beans in the same category as Starbucks because how many people have you said I don't like Starbucks all their beans taste burnt well they are there's a reason why they taste burnt because they are so the lighter roasted coffees is, is a reaction to that but but it's also it's also just how how trends in coffee roasting are going right now so the answer to your question I think yes it's yes and no do all specialty coffees in, in, enhance the, uh, the fruity, citrusy, acidic flavors? Well, no, they all don't. There's some specialty coffee roasters that still roast really dark, and that's just, that's just the way they do it. There's other ones that their tastes are changing and they're coming back toward the lighter end of the roast spectrum. They roast that way and they, they try to educate their customers about why our coffee tastes differently than, than others. It's not as bitter it's not as dark and here's why you know there's a there's a range that that you, you can roast a coffee bean to we're we're going more to the lighter side because you know if you want a dark roasted coffee you go to Starbucks you know there's plenty of places to do that but but the specialty coffee industry is trying to educate uh, the population as a whole that all coffee doesn't have to taste like this all coffee doesn't have to be oily and and dark roasted there is there is another option out there but it's gonna it's gonna be enhanced by the bean that you choose as as well not every coffee bean tastes good at the medium roast it does require a little bit darker of a of a roast in order for it to
0: really shine the flavor profile depends a lot on the beans that you select for the roast and this uh, calls into question where a lot of the bitterness is introduced for cheaper coffees you know the coffees you get at like maxwell house or whatever it is Mm. maybe Dunkin' donuts even i'm not exactly sure far and wide the cheaper coffees you can pick up at the grocery store are using robusta beans And Robusta beans are known to have more bitterness to them than the Arabica beans in general. So
1: cheap coffee in general does.
0: So so here's just the, the top paragraph on Wikipedia describing Robusta coffee. This is very telling. Robusta is a sturdy species of coffee bean with low acidity and high bitterness. That is the very first thing it says on the page. It is used primarily in instant coffee, espresso, and is a filler in ground coffee blends. The bean comes from the coffee Robusta variety and the coffee Canephora plant, which has its origins in Central and Western Sub-Saharan Africa. Robusta is easy to care for, has a greater crop yield than Arabica coffee, has almost double the amount of caffeine and more antioxidants than Arabica coffee, and is less susceptible to disease. Roasted robusta beans produce a strong, full-bodied coffee with a distinctive earthy flavor, but usually with more bitterness than arabica due to its pyrazine content. And so, that is something I think that has always been true about coffees that are outside of the specialty coffee house culture and the handcrafted, hand-roasted specialty stuff that you know we know and love. That um, all the coffee that my parents had growing up that I that I enjoyed in our house. They were mostly bitter, more bitter coffees, mm-hmm. and now I know why. Because I'm convinced that they were mostly robusta beans.
1: Yeah, there's there's a degree where that's true, but like McDonald's coffee, if you look at their at their cup, it says 100% arabica beans. Now that's true in the sense that that there are, there is no robusta in their coffee, but that says nothing about the quality of the arabica. Just because it's arabica doesn't doesn't automatically make it better.
0: Oh, that's so true. Um, yeah.
1: There's fields of coffee trees in Brazil. That are grown out in the open. There's no shade whatsoever. They've hybridized a type of tree that grows well in full sun. Coffee typically wants wants shade cover. It, it, wow. it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't want full sun. So they've hybridized a tree that grows well. They can run machines through. It's easy to harvest. You know, it does. I mean, it's pretty hard to harvest stuff when it's on the side of a mountain and there's a bunch of trees. There's a, there's a canopy of trees over over top of it. But that's ironically that's where your your better coffee is going to come from it's just the way it is you know coffee is it's a it's just the a, way it naturally grows and it's it's habitat. a gentle plant it's something that requires a lot of care and kind of let nature do its its work but when when man gets involved and wants a huge yield and, and puts it out in the, in a huge field well sure it's arabica but it's not is that is that arabica as as good as the stuff that's on the top of the mountain that that, that you have to trudge 3 days up to pick and you and you, you walk down with a bag on your on your back well no it's not um, but it's still arabica, so that doesn't necessarily just because something says 100% arabica doesn't mean that it's that it's going to be better than 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 even something that has that has robusta in it because even even robusta has degrees of quality. There's specialty coffee robusta, you know, because it because it meets the definition of, of what specialty coffee is, and that's what we use in our espresso. We have a we have a, a specialty coffee robusta that we use that we're really happy with hmm. for our espresso. It helps provide a crema it puts a thick amount of crema on the coffee that helps when you take that first sip, what that crema is doing is it's rolling over your tongue and essentially masking your taste buds for bitterness. So the, so the coffee that you drink after, after the crema is going to taste a little bit sweeter. It's, it's a little bit of a trick that, that the coffee is doing for your taste buds. So it's all working together. And espresso blend is formulated that way because each component of the blend has its own part to play in the flavor if you neglect any of that just because, well, we're, there is no way we're putting robusta in our espresso blend. Well, okay, that, that's fine. But recognize that it's probably going to taste a little bit more bitter, ironically, than espresso that does have robusta in it.
0: So acidity comes with just the territory of the coffee beans themselves. Right. It's not something that happens during the roasting process. No. Some of the bitterness can be... Uh, it
1: can be enhanced during the roasting process. Yes. Um, but it's not something that's added from the roast
0: but the bitterness can be now some of the bitterness might be true about the beans themselves but again enhanced by the roast or a lot of what people describe as bitterness could just be the charring effect of the roasting process to dark
1: yeah i think i think most times that that's exactly what it is and this is why the why the article that i wrote whatever it was myth number five all coffee is bitter well that's not true because coffee is a fruit seed um, so coffee isn't, by definition, bitter. Now, sometimes you get a bad orange. Sometimes you get you get fruit that isn't all that good. Even though a bad orange doesn't taste like the good orange that you had yesterday, it's still an orange, and 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 you you still recognize the similarity that that the two pieces of fruit have. But one's obviously better than the other. You know, one one was one was juicier. One was one was really dried out. And you ever have one of those oranges that are just or it, yeah, they it it, 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 seem it, dehydrated. It, it's a it's a task to eat the thing. Think of, of those two pieces of fruit. And, and if you pluck seeds out of both of them and, and heated them up, like you're doing with coffee, they would have um, you know, similar tastes, but one is obviously gonna taste better than the other. And, and the more that you roast each of those seeds, it's going to have a, a big effect because you're, you're taking the flavors inherent in that seed and masking it more and more and more with the higher temperature and with the, with the longer roast.
0: It brings to mind the different kind of uh flavor profiles you get from peanuts you know here we live in the south and mm-hmm. so i've enjoyed roasted and boiled peanuts over the years bold uh bold what? peanuts <laughs> did i say bold,
1: bold. Uh, yeah i don't it, it it sounds like everybody's saying bold to me bold peanuts boiled pe- yeah boiled peanuts i'm a northern boy so i
0: say boiled yeah <laughs> yeah well i really enjoy boiled peanuts uh i like the roasted ones too but you notice the world of difference that it can right. make just to add salt to roasted peanuts, right. because they they just kind of taste uh, blah to me. Yeah, without some kind of a flavor enhancement
1: in your jar of peanuts, you come across one that that's that's way darker than the others. Like if you, <laughs> you, you, yes, you know what I mean. And and if and if you taste that, it tastes bitter. It doesn't taste like like the other ones. You know, one of these one of these little guys that gets through and and the The heat affects it a whole lot more when they roast it because it's you know there's there's less mass to it. It tastes remarkably different than all the other peanuts that, that you're eating. That's a good analogy for what what happens with coffee, you know because that is a darker roasted peanut. A darker roasted bean has a different flavor than a lighter roasted bean.
0: Hmm. last question for you is, I think a lot of people would expect coffee to just taste great on their first brush with coffee when they're getting familiar with it at an early age. That's really not the case. Unless you start adding a lot of this sugar and cream and stuff like that and you get a, a good latte or something like that. Most people have to warm up to these flavors because in and of itself, acidity doesn't sound like a very pleasant thing to experience and neither does bitterness. Right. Would Would you agree that these are acquired t- uh, tastes in general or I genuinely appreciate what I can get from these flavors now?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. Just like when you're a kid and there's certain certain vegetables that you refuse to eat. And then when you become an adult or, or even just a, f- a few years later, you try something for the longest time, I refused to eat asparagus. I did. I hated asparagus. I, I did not I like it. I still hate asparagus. Um, but I went to a, a dinner, some political dinner or something. There was like hundreds of people in there and the, all these people are serving you in this, in this, in this big room. There's three stalks of, of, of asparagus on my plate and this tiny piece of meat, you know, like this is all I have to eat. All right, well I guess I'll I guess I'll eat this asparagus. It was awesome. I loved it. Like, what? What? This is what asparagus can be? What? This is great. It was probably a combination of my taste buds changing over the years and the way it was prepared and the fact that I was hungry and I and if I didn't eat that, I, I would pretty much have nothing else. But that experience opened my eyes to the fact that oh wow you know I can I can now add asparagus into my diet because I apparently like asparagus when it's made the right way you know not everybody has to go through this I'm sure there's people out there that, that when they t- when they tasted coffee for the first time they found it enjoyable and they said hey I like this for others I think it's more it is more of an acquired taste it's well you know my parents drink coffee so when I get to be you know X age I'm gonna start drinking coffee and then and then they have their own. Experience with coffee and their own their own awakening to it. That's in general. I think that's what specialty coffee is doing. Coffee has been defined as if you want good coffee, you go to Starbucks. You know, ten years ago, that that's what you did. You went you went to Starbucks. Well, the specialty coffee industry is saying, yeah, okay, yeah, Starbucks has coffee too. But here's 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 another interpretation of coffee. Try this. It's the yeah. same uh, product, not necessarily the same bean, but but it's coffee also, but but we do something different with it. You know, we don't roast it as dark. Try this. What do you think about this? Mm. There's an inherent sweetness to the right coffees that if you dark roast them, you lose. You don't, you just don't, you don't get it anymore. But if you keep them in the lower spectrum of the roast, you taste those and, and you can you can taste the fruit flavor. And be like, wow, I get I get blueberries from this or I get a I get a strawberry or a mango or what? You know, how how in the world can coffee taste like fruit? Well, because it is. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, I think, I think there's a, there's a level of sophistication that, that happens for, for people that are serious about it, for people that just drink coffee because they want the caffeine. I don't know that, I don't know that taste is all that important. If that's all that's important to you then, yeah, just get some Robusta and, and suck that down every morning. Cause you're getting, you're getting double the amount of caffeine usually. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. That'll complete episode 32 of Top Brew. You can find our show notes for this week's episode at topbrew.fm podcast slash 32. If you would like to keep up to date, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Top Brew FM, and you can also find me there. I am underscore Joe Darnell, and you can find Top Brew on Facebook, too, if that's your sort of thing, because uh, we're there at Facebook.com slash Top uh, Also, submit any sort of topic that you would like us to discuss on a future episode of Top Brew by sending them with a hashtag #AskTopBrew in a tweet or just, you know, make an entry on the Facebook page. And uh, we'll be sure to talk about it in next week's episode or beyond. Lastly, I want to say thanks to Thrasher Coffee. This show is made possible by the support of our sponsors. So enjoy Thrasher Coffee and let them know that you heard about them from us. Use the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout to save 10% on your order. I'm Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew.